This is Just the Right Book, and I'm Roxanne Cody of R.J. Julia Booksellers. Each week, I hope to bring to you the stories behind the books, talking with some of the very best contemporary nonfiction authors, books that are timeless and charming, provocative and of the moment. The conversations you want to hear about the books you need to read. This is Roxanne Cody, and I'm welcoming you to Just the Right Book Shorts. Um, We keep calling this an experiment, but I think we're in our 12th or 13th episode. So it's not an experiment, but it doesn't mean it's not subject to changing the format. So remember, you could write to us at podcast at rjjoya.com. But I'm delighted again to welcome Bill Goldstein, who's an author and book critic on NBC, and my pal in talking about all things books. So what we've been doing is just trying to stick to under 20 minutes, give you a fast snippet of a book that we loved and why, and then maybe maybe on another topic that we're in the mood to talk about. So, Billy, let's start with you. Yes. So I wanted to talk first about an older book, uh, a book that I read on vacation because it was a book that my book club chose called The Transit of Venus by Shirley Hazard. And this was published in 1980 and was recently reissued as a Penguin classic. Um, uh, So it's in a beautiful new edition that I think came out in the last year. So uh, Penguin Classics has made it a current book all over again. But this book won the National Book Critics Circle Award in 1981. So it was acclaimed in its day and I think has never been forgotten by the people who loved it. It is such an amazing book. It's about two sisters. I mean, I always hate to sum up a novel and say what it's about because it so often just reduces it to the thread of a plot mm. that that doesn't necessarily say the about the richness of of what the book is but it's about two sisters two australian sisters who across their lives they end up leaving australia as young uh, girls their parents this happens very early on die in a ferry accident and they go to live in England with their older half sister and it is about their relationship with each other their relationships with the past their love love affairs their marriages over the decades and it is just one of the most brilliant novels i've read in decades and an astonishingly beautiful the characterizations are so rich. The sisters have so much in common and yet are so different, Caro and Grace, Caroline and Grace. And then the the almost comic sadness of their older sister, who is you know, the most complaining kvetch, uh, you know, this, this <laughs> side of the Catskills, and yet whose own life is is very difficult. And what happens to them from basically the 40s into the present, which was was 1980, and what love means in each person's life and the the compromises that are made. But I think the thing that will carry you through this is not only the sharp characterizations of the sisters and the men that they love, but also the beauty of the language and the way in which the past and present keep intermingling in everybody's minds as they 
try to make their lives. So the transit of Venus is just brilliant. And I urge everyone to read it with their book club or on their own. And I loved it. So, Bill, I'm thrilled that you brought this up because one of my big reading buddies is Mark Salter, who is a writer as well. And Mark and I have Transit of Venus in our top 25 books of all time. Oh, how great. And it's funny because I'm up in Maine and I brought it up with me last summer to reread, which I haven't yet done, but it's sitting in the pile that's like third in line. You know, I have I have these organized by bookcases. So thank you for bringing that up because people would be very helped by reading that. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a book that's out in paperback that I think about a lot. I had interviewed him for the podcast uh, when the book came out in hardcover. It's called 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. And what I love about this book is he doesn't talk about time management so that you're ever increasingly like a mouse in in a cage, more productive, but rather to think about there's only so many weeks in your life. There's only so many days in your life. And that if you really want to manage your time, you're going to think about the limit of time and therefore think in a very sharp way about what you don't want to do and get rid of it. Because what we think of is, oh, you add the, you add to the list, add more to the list, check the boxes, get it all done, blah, blah, you know, this kind of never-ending standard of productivity. He talks about thinking about how will you value what you do. And so if people like some of us aging are beginning to think, well, I only have so much time left, how do I want to spend it? This is the kind of book to read. And you don't have to be older. It could be your any age. Mm-hmm. And you're just thinking about how you spend your time. So it's 4,000 weeks, time management for mortals. I think I need to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to have gotten it about 20 years ago uh, or 40 It's never years too ago. late. It's <laughs> never too late, Billy Goldstein. Okay. Well, thank you. All right, your turn. <laughs> well, so I think we also want to talk about books as we often do about books that we are looking forward to. And another book I read uh, on vacation, I, I just got home a couple of days ago. So I was away for about 10 days, but was on a train part of the time for a long time and also on a plane. So I did a lot of reading. Is I read the new novel, I guess this is a bit of news for our listeners, uh, by Michael Cunningham. It's his first novel in 10 years. It's called Day, a novel, and it's being published by Random House in November, November 14th. It was originally scheduled for January, and I guess they're enthusiastic about it, and they've pushed it up uh, to fall. So it is a novel set on three, one day, April 5th, in three different years, April 5th, 2019, in the morning of that day, afternoon of April 5th, 2020, which is, of course, 
few weeks after the lockdown. And then the final part is the evening a year later of April 5th, 2021. And the book is so beautifully written as, as all of his books are. What is wonderful about this book uh, that I think will remind people of The Hours, which is his great book and one of the great books. I mean, if we're talking about the transit of Venus, as we just did, I think I would add The Hours uh, into that uh, list of undying books from the last you know, half century, is the sharp characterizations and the the way in which people love and I wouldn't go so far as to say despise, but resent people in their lives and can't quite make sense of of their role in in their lives. They love them and are angry and resentful. And this is brought in particular in the central section during the lockdown into uh, sharp focus with this one particular family in Brooklyn, Isabel, her husband, Dan, their children, Violet and Nathan. And then it's Isabel's brother, Robbie, who is sort of the central character in a way. And yet he's also in some ways the most shadowy and the choices he's made, how he comes to terms with his and Isabel's parents. All of this is happening uh, psychologically while their daily lives or their day life, I mean, their one day life in this daily life uh, is playing out. And Michael Cunningham is just so brilliant at having time pass in that way, in this case, just the hours of a day, and yet also bringing in the past and even people's fears and hopes for the future and just the way in conversation and also in the subtler subconscious ways they're relating, how all of this plays out together. So it's called Day. And I guess like the hours, uh, he he has made uh, a sort of, you know, his way of doing it is to braid three stories together. I mean, in the same way that 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 Mrs. Brown, Mrs. Dalloway, and uh, Mrs. Wolf uh, were the three stories in in the hours. And so uh, I loved it. It's it's beautiful and it's coming in November. Billy, you know what I was thinking about as you were talking about that book, is it as if you are hearing or reading about the subconscious of what informs what people say or do? Very much so. I mean, it's it's very much uh, what, uh, including the children. I mean, Violet and Nathan, Violet is about five, I think, in the, the first section. So she then becomes six and seven. Nathan is 10. And the way in which they, as children, are also learning the ways of the adults around them to say certain things while meaning others, how children are very sensitive to what their parents in particular are saying and doing and yet what it really means or what they take it to mean. And so there's a great subtlety in the description of the children, which in some way is even more carefully and uh, sort of expertly done than the adults who we see fooling themselves more often uh, than the children uh, do. So there's a directness in in the way that you're talking about to explain that distinction. I don't want to make it sound as if it's an overly psychological novel. I mean, it's it's a very direct 
book. I mean, it's not like, oh, we're veering into Henry James territory yeah. uh, here. You're you're never lost in the in in the consciousness of any of these characters. And it moves very quickly in that way, cross-cutting from one to the other. Well, I hope we haven't been mean to people listening that they're going to now have to wait until the fall to read this book. You can always pre-order it from your local independent bookstore so you know you'll get it on day one. But I'm definitely going to get a galley of this. Thank you for that, Billy. The book I'm going to talk about is a new book. It just came out, I think, in June or I'm not sure. Uh, But It's called My Husband, and it's translated from the French. The author is Maud Ventura, and it was translated by Emma Ramadan. And this is, this doesn't sound like a big endorsement, but it is a weird book. But it's a weird book that I couldn't put down. So it's narrated by the wife of the My Husband. And she is chronically insecure about her husband's love. And she's like testing it. She's very deliberate about when she knows he's coming in the door of how she's arranged on the sofa. There's this kind of psychological back and forth that she does. You you don't necessarily get a picture of the husband except obviously through her voice. It's not really clear. She's a reliable narrator. But it's very much about marriage, confidence in your relationship, how you might contextualize your own betrayals. And then, so you're reading through this book, you're getting a little bit bored with, okay, enough already with doing this, but you just just cannot let her go. You just cannot let her go. And then the last chapter is by the husband. And it reshapes everything that you've just read. And so I I was so glad I read this book. But I do want to caution everybody that if you want like a straightforward story, you're going to be annoyed at me for recommending this. But if you like experimenting with your fiction reading, Uh you will be rewarded by reading this. I'm not sure you'll love it any more than I did, but I was really happy I read it. So I, I don't know I don't know if that's like... <laughs> oh, I love that. No, this makes me... I, I just I love the way you describe it, that there are books that you're not sure what to make of them. You're compelled. You're reading through. Maybe you don't love it, and yet you would never have traded the the reading experience. Uh, yeah. You know what it reminded me of? What was the book that was a huge success about sleeping? Her initials are I am, I think. Oh, my goodness. The, you mean the year of rest and relaxation yes, by Otessa yes. Moshpe? Oh, God. Yes. I Well, I do remember that book. And I did did love that book. I mean, I, I, I was it's a, one of the strangest books I've ever read and I I loved it. So I This I, is reminiscent of that. I would say. It's reminiscent of that. So it's called My Husband. Anyway, in the couple of minutes that we have left, I want to mention a book coming out that was announced uh last week that 
I cannot wait to read. Unfortunately, it's another book coming out in the fall, but I think it's September. Again, you can pre-order it from your independent bookstore, and it's called Enough by Cassidy Hutchinson. And Cassidy is the young woman that worked in the Trump White House, had testified before the January 6th commission, uh, represented by a Trump-related lawyer, and then contacted the commission to say that she would like to testify again. And she had gotten a different set of lawyers to represent her that were independent And, you know, in the simplest version, you would call her a whistleblower, that she revealed things that were going on in the White House that were new to the January 6th commission and were sort of stunning revelations. She was in her 20s when she did this. And, you know, I I don't think we know much more about her than that was a very brave thing to do how she came to be in the Trump White House, how she uh, found the bravery to testify before the January 6th commission is unceasingly fascinating to me. So I um, I don't know if there'll be a galley of this book. It might very well be embargoed uh, right. for all I know, but I can't wait to read it. So it's called Enough by Cassidy Hutchinson. So that wraps up our episode. Hopefully you've heard about a book that you're dying to read. Uh, Please remember to write to us at podcast at RJ Joy if you have any suggestions. Remember to follow Just the Right Podcast on Instagram. And well, I guess what I can say since it's the summertime, happy reading. And we'll keep letting you know about books that we love. Billy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Roxanne. You are listening to Just the Right Book with Roxanne Cody, brought to you by Lit Hub Radio. The show is produced by Roxanne Cody, Michael Selleck, and Lit Hub Radio. Our editor is Gino Cardone at Pleasant Podcast. The original theme music is by Kurt Feldman. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am Roxanne Cody. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any comments, observations, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me at justtherightbook at rjjulia.com.